as you say, write it, leverage it. It opens doors for you. Tell your story because nobody else will. Or if they come, it's a historian they say. And you know how that goes. What if writing a book is not just a way to transform the lives of many people, but also a way to create financial freedom and leave a legacy? Wouldn't you want to find out just how to do that? Well, that's what this show is all about. Hi, I'm Henneke Watkiss, sporter, speaker, coach, author of Podcast Power and the host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast, inviting you to listen to the Entrepreneur Secrets podcast brought to you by C. Ruth Taylor, best-selling in the author and the Caribbean's most trusted voice on entrepreneurship. Tune in for inspiration, information, and innovation to write and win with books. Get ready to dominate entrepreneurship. Greetings, entrepreneurs. Welcome to episode 54 of the Entrepreneur Secrets podcast. I'm your host, C. Ruth Taylor, and this is a show that gives you the roadmap to take charge of your publishing with the stories and strategies to dominate entrepreneurship. Coming up in today's show, we're continuing our series showcasing publishing services. And today you're going to learn some essentials to ensure that your book is edited properly. And you'll be hearing from the chief editor at Bamboo Sparks, Keth Joy Watson. And uh, we are going to be airing an interview that was done at the Caribbean Entrepreneur Summit and a bridged version of it, just to give you the tips that you need to make sure your books are edited properly. Today is my birthday. And uh, as you are listening, I am taking the time to just reflect on the past year, what has been accomplished. On my last birthday, I launched this podcast. So this podcast is a year old and I am so grateful for it. I have seen more book sales as a result. I have been able to meet wonderful persons as a result and feel free to send me your birthday greetings. <laughs> I will checking on them. You can email them to entrepreneursecrets at gmail.com or you can put a comment on the abridged YouTube version of the podcast. In terms of my entrepreneurship ventures, well, coming up next week, Monday the 16th, I'm launching my 26th book, or is it the 27th? <laughs> I'm launching another book. It's called The Voice. It's a short memoir about my maternal grandmother and how she raised nine children by herself after being homeless and how she ended up owning her own home and it shares her faith and the role of the supernatural in helping her to survive some of the most difficult challenges in her life and uh, how she got through that period as a single mother and it's available right now in the electronic version and the print version will be following. We're gonna have the book launch later in the year. 
And on the 16th, when it is launched, that will also be my grandmother's 87th birthday. So go and pre-order your book now. It's an exciting short read and help it to get to bestseller status. We're going to have a word from our sponsor, Bamboo Sparks. Your book is the perfect spark to get the fire going in your personal life, career, business, or ministry. Light that book spark today with Bamboo Sparks, a global independent publishing services and publishing education and training business for transformation. Bamboo Sparks will take you from manuscript to market faster than you thought possible and even manage the process for you. Check out their three main offerings, the self-publishing Spark, the Rocket Writing Spark, and their Bamboo Sparks done-for-you management deals to make your publishing easier for authors in the Caribbean and the diaspora. Discover how Bamboo Sparks can help you to publish and leverage your book to grow 90 feet tall at bamboosparks.com and that's bamboo with a U. We have been introducing you to our various publishing services providers and today we have another publishing services provider but she's also an author and she is the chief operations officer at Bamboo Sparks. After decades in corporate Jamaica, Kestroy Watson ventured into authorship and editing by happenstance. She wrote a romance novel to counterbalance a grueling year-long dissertation she was completing for her Masters of Science in the Sociology of Development at the University of the West Indies. By the time she walked for her degree, she had two romance novels as well as no intention of publishing them. A fortuitous meeting with me two years ago unearthed a natural gift to write and edit. Her vast knowledge in many disciplines allows her to edit manuscripts and content spanning both fiction and nonfiction. Keth Joy is married to Sean for 24 years and they still like each other. <laughs> they share two babies, Sean Isaac and Hannah Celeste. Welcome to the summit, Keth Joy for interviewing me for this summit. Okay, it's good to have you. I can see your sense of humor already coming out in your, <laughs> in your bio. Now, talk to us a little bit more about your journey into writing and tell us about the novel that you have written. Okay, well, I always knew I had something where it came to writing. I wrote nice stories in high school, got nice good marks in, in English language and literature, but I didn't like to read because of my eyes. It hurt to read. So I gave up on it and did what every other little girl did back in the 90s. There are two options back then, you know. You're either going to become a secretary or you're going to become a van clerk. There was a third one, a flight attendant, but there were so many flight attendants you could put on one plane. So many of us went into either secretarial work or banking. In fact, at my high school, they actually had a sixth secretary. That was your sixth form. And then there was six um, business and six sides. 
So you see, they were already streamlining up for the kind of economy that they were going to have in the 90s. So after decades in corporate Jamaica, your writing would take a blow because you know what kind of writing goes on in that space is bank letters and statements. It doesn't lend itself to creative writing. But after one degree passed, going into a second degree, a postgraduate degree, and being thrown into a year-long dissertation with field work, because my, my course was Sociology of Development, I had field work at that time, and the election was looming, same time. And we were in our field, Kintyre, seeing, I don't know if it re-energized my, my creative side or what, but the workload was so heavy. And you know, when you're in the academic space, you have to speak a certain way, you have to write a certain way. And one day I was in an, a lecture and I just split the screen in two and I started to type. I said, I need a balance. I need to balance out myself. So I started writing a novel for fun, just to maintain my mental health. And at the end of the degree, second degree, I'm walking and I'm saying to myself while I'm walking up to the podium, what are we do with them two books I just finished writing? But I kept them and I read them for myself and my own enjoyment. Even when I was wrapping up a corporate career, I happened to give it to one of my colleagues. I gave her two chapters because you can always think you can write it up. <laughs> the proof of whether you can do it is to get some fresh eyes to look at what you have done. And she said, you wrote this? Seriously? So what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Not doing anything about it. But then I met you. And I said, it's purely by happenstance. Caribbean people will know a more elegant word that we use for happenstance. And it should be in the dictionary, all dictionary. It succumbs. I meet you now. Oh, I thought I it was buck up. <laughs> buck up. But I met Kamika fortuitously. Because I went to Mona Chapel where I worship and there was a speaker there and he welcomed us because we were new to the neighborhood and we told him that we don't really come from this branch, we come from another branch. A month later, I was back at my home branch, same speaker, and he goes, you follow me? I said, this is my home church. And I said, listen, I have a lime every Thursday at my college. At the time, he was principal of Caribbean Graduate School of Theology, Dr. Corbin, and he invited me to a lime on Thursday there. And you were there having a workshop with other lecturers and other academics. And I've sat there looking, I'm a great observer, and I'm looking around the room. Never met you before, and you're talking about publishing and how to write and how to retire right. And I'm saying retire, right? And I start looking around the desk, just books, books on top of books. These are authors I'm sitting across the table from with their own books that you help to publish, some of them. And I'm like, and I'm going to ask her <clears throat> if she would help me to publish mine. And I did. And you want to tell them what you told me initially? 
that I don't do fiction. I don't do fiction. <laughs> Sorry, I don't do fiction. And I said, okay, but two weeks later, I think you called back to say, listen, I'm going to be obedient to the spirit and I will publish that book. I were only romance fiction author, but I published in my own imprint at the time because I had set up my own company called Whitorn Publishing. And I, I published through her. She brought me through the process of how to edit my book. But when she got to the book, she said, who edited this for you? And I said, I did it. You edited this book? And it was well done. So this is how I happenstance, I will say, ended up meeting Kamika and getting into publishing and publishing my first book. And that's the book right there behind me. It's called Safe With Me. And I published under the name KJ Watt. So that's the book there we have on screen. She has it in the in the back. It's supposed to be a series, the In My Blood series. It's paranormal. So this was completely out of my league. So of course I had to get a professional who understood <laughs> fiction and this genre because you don't edit every fiction book the same way. Had to get a professional and someone who loved this genre to actually read it and give us a review. In the same way she said that, you know, writing helped with her quote-unquote boredom. <laughs> Many readers of fiction, they read as a way of escape. And so it was well received and uh, she is still to write more books. So you are a fiction author. So how come now you are editing nonfiction? Talk to us about <laughs> how did that come about? <laughs> well, well, we did one little collaboration initially and I had just have an innate gift I suspect of doing this sort of thing and for decades I've been reading very widely and I could say I have mastery over a number of topics so for me to edit something in fiction in academia a memoir I flow from one genre to the next from one discipline to the next because I'm widely read in many disciplines and I'm a whole heap of books <laughs> referencing these things as well. And I'm, I'm a, what do I call it? Voracious, voracious news person. I watch all the major news right across the world and I love documentaries and I follow certain person who are thought leaders yes i have the ability to look at all three sides i can argue all three angles in any case so it's your story the other guy's story and what everybody else thinks or looks from the outside inwards to see what is happening i can argue all three sides so i have the ability to edit in every genre in every space Okay, awesome. So we're seeing being widely read helps and some persons actually go through courses and learn the editorial process. Earlier today, we had uh, Tamara Francis. She's a teacher of English and she 
broke down the editing process and that, you know, when we use the term, we just use the term loosely. But mm -hmm. uh, could you go a little bit more in depth when you are editing a manuscript and we primarily do nonfiction here, what are you looking for? Something as simple as your punctuation. Simple, let's start simple. And there's a little editor's mantra about punctuation that punctuation saves lives. Take these three words. Let's see, grandma, where does the punctuation go? Let's eat, comma, grandma. <laughs> Not let's eat, grandma. As simple as that. But it is important that if you're going to be writing any publication, that you mind your grammar and you mind your punctuation. Grammar is not our strongest suit in the Caribbean. And we write the way we think in the Caribbean. So the grammar apps that are out there, like Grammarly and whatnot, would have a field day trying to edit automatically a Caribbean piece of work. It's not going to work. So Caribbean either would have to <laughs> edit Caribbean material. So AI and, and those apps are yet to catch up with us. But proofreading your thing, something as simple as proofreading. You might have done a great job in your grammar and your punctuation, but you're standing too close because it's your book and you can't see the mistakes. So you have someone like me or other editors proofread it, which simply means they're checking against typesetting or specification, or they are correcting errors and inconsistencies in your story that escaped you, or they're reading for your typographical errors. And you might have read this one page 15 times and you don't realize that you have spelled there the wrong way. <laughs> so easy to slip up. The next kind is copy editing, which is what I do mostly. And I correct your spelling, I correct your grammar, your syntax, your punctuation, your word usage, while trying to preserve the meaning and the essence of your story, because I want your voice to come out. I don't want it to be sterile, so that if person, say for example, you were to write your memoirs, your closest friends know your, your flow and how you speak. And when they take your book up, they should say, yes, this is Kamika Root's book. It's same, so should stay. So I do that bearing in mind that I'm not removing you from your story. The next one is I'm checking for the style of your documentation and the formatting. There are some persons who like to use filler words and so forth, that kind of a thing, which is really robbing you from more space to tell your story. So I have a little pet peeve. There's one little phrase, if you want to see my ears go all over the place, don't say, due to the fact that. <laughs> and it, 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 it gives you no value. If you cut it out of a sentence, it reads beautifully without it, due to the fact that. <laughs> I prepare your manuscript for the next stage of publication. So when I'm finished with it, it's about typesetting and formatting your book to move on to printing. I'd ask permissions about copyrighted material because maybe you quoted something 
in your work, you have to give recognition to the person you quoted. If you do not know who did it, it's best you leave it out or you stay unknown just to cover you because these are times that are quite litigious. So you have to be very mindful of the things that you include in your book and give credence to the person who wrote that. So that's copy editing for the most part. Substantive editing, no, I think there's another word that they call it, Camille. Is it structural? Structural or developmental, yes. Right. Or substantive editing. That is writing and rewriting, almost close to ghostwriting. People could probably give you a few voice notes and tell you, go ahead, help me out, please. I need to write a book. And you would be able to write or rewrite segments of a text, revise a whole aspect, consult with others about issues that you wrote in the book. Recently, I did one and the person was speaking about something highly political in the Caribbean in the 70s. And he said something that others who didn't know Caribbean people would think, oh, this is quite inflammatory. But I was able to find other scholarly publications that would back up and bolster his story so he's not alone in his, in his, his claim. So things like that, you have to be very, very mindful of. So I also identify and solve problems of overall clarity and accuracy. So recently I did one and the person was talking about that terrible hurricane in Dominica, Maria. And he got the, the hurricane name correct. But guess what? The reference was wrong. The reference said it was 2019. And that hurricane passed through in 2017. So he did his reference incorrectly and the reference was wrong. It was a credible reference too. So that's one of the reasons why Caribbean people must be Caribbean things. Because you would not forget the <laughs> So that's it for me and editing. So that is the fact-checking aspect of it. And uh, when I was doing the untold stories with CJST, that book, the editor that uh, we use, Grace Gordon, she was able to go back through and she said, are you sure so-and-so happened? And she went back into the history and did that. But I don't want persons to think that because I'm not good at grammar, I can't write. That's one of the beauty about the process that I like because what we are looking for in Bamboo Sparks is the story. So you may not be a good writer, but you have the story. And this is where now we come alongside you to guide you. We don't want you to have any fear because one of the, the things that prevent people from sharing their story is that they say, I cannot write. And a good editor will take what you have written and make it better once you are willing to really pay for that. So don't let the fact that your punctuation is not the best <laughs> to not do it. I get my commas mixed up all the time. And this is where for me, like pro writing aid, which is one of the editing tools, made for authors will help you even over Grammarly. So don't, don't be hindered by the fact that you're not the best writer in the world. So having a professional editor doesn't mean that you don't self-edit. That's the point that I really want to make. You must read over your work and ensure you are satisfied with it. 
then you pass it on to the editor. And as we shared in the other interview, don't be too sensitive. Because <laughs> when Kefja edits, based on her client's feedback, they often have to go back to rewrite and to add and to subtract. So there is a phase in your publishing <laughs> called rewriting. But what I love about her edit, based on even what the others have said, is that she's coaching you and she will get additional material. She will say, go watch this YouTube video, check out this book, add this kind of source to strengthen what you are saying. And I think that's what makes you a different kind of editor because you are so vested in the material because you've been widely read that that tends to come out what about the timeline well because bamboo sparks primarily we concentrate on small books that's our our business model as much as thirty-five thousand words to edit thirty-five thousand words would take two weeks two weeks generally speaking from the time you receive the manuscript it would take two weeks, 14 days, Sunday to Sunday, to do the necessary edits. And I'm talking about a substantive edit at this point, because you know my style, I can't unsee the thing. So <laughs> if I see it, I'll have to make a comment. If I know anything about this genre or your story or another story like your story, I'll find it and add it in my comment section. So when you get something from Bamboo Spark in two weeks and you see the, 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 the comprehensive nature of the edit and that you're now going to have to go rewrite and research all these videos and articles and you're saying, what kind of lady is it? But at the end of the day, it enriches your story. It also enriches your story, especially if you are going to stand on some giant shoulders because of the reference I gave you. It gives your story more credibility and readability as well. You said initially you started your own publishing imprint and now you are working with Bamboo Sparks. Can you share a little bit more about your role in Bamboo Sparks and what you're looking forward to. This is a new company. What's your vision? Tell persons what to expect as they engage with you and with the team. Okay. So as director of Bamboo Spark, vice chair and chief editor, I, I, I chuckle a little bit because it is night and day from my past vocation. This is mission work. And when I say mission work, we're Christians, Kamika and I, and she started this thing out of a vision. And when I say it's by happenstance that I was aligned with her, it's just that happenstance. It was never meant to happen. So it must be some other force, divine force, that caused us to align and to gel and to become business partners, sharing this mission. We aim to make profits here, but before we make any profit, we have to fulfill the mission and the mission will fulfill the profit. Yes. Okay. And my role in all of that is to ensure that we operate the business in such a way that we do both things and we do both things very well. So I will take all 
the lessons and the mistakes that I made to Bamboo Sparks to ensure that we do that and we do that seamlessly to the glory of God. So when we come to you as a company and say, we can do this for you, if we can't do it, we'll tell you. We won't bat an eyelid and we'll let you know. Because we're trying to do something different here. We're trying to do something radically different here. We're coming with clean hands. That's a business term, meaning you come with clean hands. So you see my position immediately. As Kamika just said, if this book should take two weeks and because of the condition, I will tell you it's going to take three weeks. And that's what we mean. And if we say we're going to do something, we will do it. Yes? So that is the thrust of bamboo sparks. And bamboo is something of the, the vision. We're going to make authors grow 90 feet tall. And it's now bamboo season because things are happening because we have a line. Yes, um, Keth Joy, we are on a mission. So we are a very purpose-driven company. It's purpose and profit. It's still business. And uh, when we talk about we are mission-centered, we believe that your book is a vehicle to your mission. So when you're coming to us, it's not just about getting a book done. We want to find out what is your vision? What's your mission for your business, for your different areas in your life? And how will this book enhance it? Because we want you to leverage that book so that your impact can be multiplied, so that your income can be increased, your influence can be increased and we want you to leave a legacy so you will find that though we are christian led we have known christians that we work with we will publish business books and other books and what we're interested in is ensuring that you get something that will help you to meet your personal spiritual or professional goals and it is well done some people call it the book as a business model and we, we focus on building book-based initiatives. So you are not just going to get a nice professionally published book. We want to also help you with bank over rank. So even if you don't sell a lot of books on Amazon, part of our approach is the direct selling and asking you to leverage that book. So that's what you're going to get when you come to Bamboo Sparks. We believe you may be wondering all along, because this is our final publishing services interview, and this is where we're introducing Bamboo Sparks to the world, so to speak. Why the name Bamboo and Sparks? We want to help you to grow 90 feet tall with books. But we believe that books are the spark. <laughs> your book is the spark that gets the fire going in your life. It will start something or scale something. It will accelerate things in your life. We've seen it in our own lives. And now we want to reproduce that in the lives of others. Just a quick testimonial. Uh, tell us in a nutshell, how has a book given you wings and light the fire? in <laughs> your own life. Tell your story a bit. Yes, sir, you must write what you know, you know. And uh, this is a romance novel. And that's what I know. That's what I know. I've known it for 24 years. And one of the things that always, it's, it's something that's always bothering me. I know other couples who are happily married, but you would never know it because most people are not. 
you see the divorce rates. So you cannot tell your story because it will sound like a boast and you don't have like-minded couples to speak with because they too are silent for the same reason that you are silent. So I decided to create a story for romance that entails that kind of story in it, that kind of message in it. Nothing, and it is, it's unconventional because it's an immigration romance story between Canada and Jamaica and Antigua. Three Caribbean countries, if you please. Two Caribbean countries and Canada, if you please. And it tells a story about what genuine love looks like to the point where, and that's why you said paranormal. I knew a couple who could literally think to each other. And you hear people in our space say time and time again, me feel say something will happen to me. Son, me feel say something will happen to my wife and they give you a call. In the Caribbean, we say, my mind will run for you. You know that way? So I took it to another level in my novel where they could actually communicate like that. Because that kind of true love story exists in our space, but it is not being told. So it's really dedicated to my husband, Sean. I have a baby. Well, he's not a baby, no, he's 20. My son, Sean Isaac, and my daughter, Hannah Celeste, all of them creatives. And it's like a collaboration. That little book here, this little book is a collaboration of a family experience. An experience that I see amongst friends of mine who have true love stories, but they can't tell them because they don't, they think they don't have an audience. And I think it's a hopeful thing because I would like somebody to bite and read and say, you know, we didn't have two aunties, one auntie and one uncle that had that kind of love story, you know, which brings me to another point. And that is why I think Bamboo Sparks is a mission work. The Caribbean persons have stories to tell. We are good on oral history. We have very little written history, our own history. Or as I say, you must tell, you must stop telling his story and tell your story. Yes, a play on the word history. And this is one of the missions that we have. As you say, write it, leverage it. It opens doors for you. Tell your story because nobody else will. Or if they come, it's a historian they say. And you know how that goes. For me, I was a donor support missionary. Every month, I had to depend on people to give me financial support out of the generosity of their hearts. And then I felt God was saying, you need to transition to write and, and speak to transform lives and then publish books. In publishing books and learning how to leverage the books, not just sell books, within a year in 2018, after I learned how to leverage 
books to blend the creative and the commercial, I was able to become financially independent, match my part-time salary and begin to support myself. And books have opened multiple doors for me. So in a year, I may not sell a hundred books if I don't want to, but I'm able to build courses and different things that is able to bring in the revenue. I'm able to get into rooms that I would not ordinarily get into to share my testimony, to share my story, which is what we want to do. We want to take our stories, our gifts, our abilities from the four walls to the world. So that is what a book has done for me. And I want to see that replicated in the lives of others. So our books, there's an underlying message and we want to give hope. And uh, you heard her calling me Kamika, my my author name is Ruth, because Ruth is from the Bible, but it's an acronym for raising up the hopeless, the hurting, the helpless, and the heroes of our time. And so the stories that are going to come out of Bamboo Sparks through the authors that we are working with are stories that is going to give hope to the hopeless, that's going to bring healing to the hurting, and it's going to show others that there are heroes in our neck of the woods. You don't always have to look to North America or Europe. You can have quality publishing done within the Caribbean and your heroes can be from the Caribbean. We want the Caribbean to be the home of independent publishing. We want the Caribbean to dominate entrepreneurship. And we are lighting the fire across the Caribbean saying, get those stories written because stories change lives. So in terms of our resources to win, along with what you heard in the interview, there is a free editing guide from the Editing Freelancers Association that can help you with the different stages of editing. So if you want to be a professional editor, whether that is a structural editor, a copy editor, developmental editor, or you just want to proofread and understand the publishing process, that editing guide is perfect. And you can get it at bamboo sparks forward slash editing guide. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And that is a very useful resource to win. So please get that. Okay, that's it for today's show. Next week, we're going to be talking about websites for authors and the things that you need to know. And we're going to feature an interview with Colin Blake. And then a week after that, we're going to be looking at cover designing. We are going to hear from our chief book designer and also our chief children's book formator, Clavia Watson Reed as she shares the tips that you need to know to ensure that you produce a winning cover because books are judged by their covers. Thank you for listening. Remember to share this episode with your friends. Take charge of your publishing, go pen it to win it, and dominate entrepreneurship. Tafa now until next time. I'm Tamara Francis, educator and editor. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast with your network. If you'd like to increase your impact and income with books, visit authorpreneursecrets.com for more resources, including the books, Pen It to Win It, and Authorpreneur Secrets. 
Join the Orthopreneur Secrets Academy membership group for courses, coaching, and community support to write, publish, and win with books. Enrollment is in January and June each year. You may also sign up for one of Ruth's Publishing Made Easy courses or private coaching to write and publish your next book. Until next time, go pen it to win it.